Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rob Tiffany Digital Podcast. Today, I'm talking about 5G in search of a return on investment. That may sound crazy to you because 5G is the hottest thing everybody's talking about these days. And yet, it's not a sure thing money-wise for the people who are building these networks. So let me explain what I'm talking about here. So 5G is hot. You see lots of ads from all the mobile operators in whatever country you happen to live in. They're rolling out 5G. You're going to have faster performance on your phones. Download a movie in one second. Uh, all kinds of great stuff. It's all good. Uh, but there's economics behind it that a lot of people don't know about. Um, so let's kind of walk through that. And you'll see why I'm talking about trying to find that return on investment. So... Every time a new G is rolled out, so there's been, you know, we got 2G and GPRS way, way, way back when, 3G, remember when the iPhone, the first iPhone was actually 2G, and then there was the iPhone 3G, that's the reason they started with the number 3. Um, then we got LTE, was 4G, and now we have 5G. Well, every time a new G comes out, mobile operators have to purchase new spectrum from the government that they're operating in. So um, they're basically having to buy air. Uh, this is an obscure deal, and if you're not in the telecom industry, you, you shouldn't be expected to know what this is all about. But needless to say, there are auctions that governments hold to auction off a spectrum, a frequency. You know, in other podcasts, I've talked about frequencies like, the, like your radio, you know, the, those numbers on your radio, you know, 101.5 FM, that's actually a frequency. Um, or your AM stuff. So just the same thing applies to cellular. Different blocks and levels of frequencies are auctioned off to these companies for tens of billions of dollars, okay? Uh, and it gives them the exclusive right to use that frequency to send data, you know? And so 5G is no different. So just think back in time. Every time there was a new G, they had to fork out a ton of money, tens of billions of dollars to buy Spectrum to put that new G of technology into this new Spectrum area, this new frequency they got. Because they weren't reusing old frequencies, right? Um, that can change, and we'll get to that in a bit. So spend a bunch of money there. Then there's the rollout. There's new hardware, new networking gear that has to be rolled out. You know, you can imagine you see all those cell towers when you're driving around, Um there's a little shack usually at the bottom of those, this kind of base station, baseband. There's all kinds of gear in there. There's front hall networks that are using faster and faster gigabit, maybe 10 gigabit Ethernet. There's back hall networks that go long range. That's fiber optics, right? Fiber optic cable. That's the fastest stuff we have. That's how we get the fastest speed. That's how we get the internet working across countries under oceans and things like that. So a whole lot of stuff has to go into that. And there's all kinds of metro data centers that mobile operators run. And so as part of 5G, it's spectrum, it's gear, it's software, it's stuff under the ground, it's stuff you don't see. So a whole lot of work and a whole lot of expense. So as you can imagine, these operators are looking for the return on investment. So early on, before 5G was rolled out, there were some consultants you know, in the telecom space that assured these operators that, oh, yeah, of course, your customers will be willing to pay more for 5G for those faster speeds. Well, guess what? Those guys are all wrong. 
customers have made it really clear they're not going to pay a dime more for the faster 5G speeds. 5G is table stakes. I've actually said that before. You know, if you look at how much data people are using, it just keeps increasing exponentially every year. And a lot of it these days is driven by video on your smartphone. So actually, mobile operators have no choice but to upgrade to 5G just to keep up with the baseline of what users are demanding. In their mind, it's not anything special. So they're not going to pay more for it. Um, Companies have forked out. So a lot of these mobile operators are highly leveraged. Um, This is all public information. These are all public companies. You can go check out, like if you're in the U.S., check out SEC filings. You can find out how much debt they have. How many, how much, uh, how bonds they had to sell to raise money every time they had to buy new spectrum and roll out all this technology and all this gear and all this hardware and all this construction. So they had to do it again. We just had some big auctions um, where, you know, gosh, close, you know, can you imagine narrowing in on spending a hundred billion dollars on some different slices of spectrum from different mobile operators in a particular country? Well, yeah, it happened. So, Strapped for cash, highly leveraged, high debt, desperate for a return on investment for 5G. Because in their minds, just saying this is table stakes isn't going to be good enough. So you're seeing operators try all kinds of things. They're very frustrated by the fact that the last wave, the 4G wave, the LTE wave, if you'll remember, in the early days of that, the operators thought they were going to be the biggest beneficiary of that. And what I mean by that was not only were they going to provide the network, but they were going to provide the apps. You might maybe remember that a lot of app store marketplaces for apps for early smartphones were actually built by mobile operators. And the mobile operators had web-based marketplaces where you could buy apps and stuff like that. Um, or they tried, or they had apps to deliver marketplaces, app store type things to different to different smartphones. Um, you know, this all happened well over 10 years ago. Uh, they all failed. Um, they all tried to do provide services like mobile device management. Um, they failed at that. Um, so they're kind of bummed out. Instead, you know, Uber and a whole bunch of other people in their garages built startups uh, and they're the ones who made all the money off of LTE and the fact that you had GPS and a few other things uh, to make magic happen. Obviously, Apple's been a giant beneficiary with the iPhone, um, Samsung as well. And so, uh, but as you know, not even all the handset players have, have made it. You know, there's only a handful that have done okay. You know, trust me, <laughs> I used to be a product manager for Windows Mobile and Windows Phone. And we tried hard and we poured a lot of money into it. We did okay when it was just us and BlackBerry. But um, after a while with the iPhone and then Android, you know, yeah, things got really tough. So uh, operators thought moving ahead, IoT was going to be their savior. There's going to be billions, tens of billions of little devices sending telemetry, thinking seemingly maybe over cellular. Um, That hasn't played out yet. I think part of it is the fault of the operators themselves trying to charge too much money for these tiny little sensors. Um, the notion that every individual sensor or, you know, device location should be cellular versus, you know, maybe aggregating a bunch of things together with some other kind of network. Um, like, for instance, I spent the summer doing IoT on farms and I had devices and sensors all over farms, you know, across tons of acreage. And in my case, I use cellular for each one of those. 
Um, but I don't know if I would do that if I had to deploy it to 10,000 acres. That might get really expensive. Uh, so the, the economics have to get better for customers if the economics are going to be better for the mobile operators or if they're going to even be there. So anyway, mobile operators are scrounging around. They're looking to create new innovations to build on top of those 5G networks that they build. Um, they want to benefit. I don't blame them. Uh, more power to them. But, uh, but that's kind of your takeaway. That's your lesson for today is that 5G is not just this automatic slam dunk. 5G meant a massive investment by operators, lots of leverage, lots of debt, and they're looking for payback time. And it's just like last time. It's not going to be easy, uh, and it won't be easy now. So best of luck to all my friends in the telecom industry um, in monetizing 5G and finding that return on investment. I think in the end, our best bet over the long haul is maybe to not automatically think we should need leap to, from G to G. Like, for instance, there's already people talking about 6G. I think the notion of requiring operators who are already in debt up to their eyeballs now, having to, by 2030, invest in more spectrum for 6G is going to be ludicrous. There's just no money left in the bank, right? The piggy bank is empty. So I'm hoping to see just con progressive enhancements in 5G that can be used on the same spectrum. I'm expecting to see accelerated retirements of old networks like old 2G and 3G and 4G networks over time, but maybe more quickly, uh, even if it means getting new phones in the hands of customers uh, for free <laughs> to, in order to make that happen. That's probably worthwhile. Um, so anyway, don't forget, economics trumps everything, even geeky, fun tech stuff. So uh, this is Rob signing off. I am out.